Uh, I'm very excited this morning to welcome, as I said at the beginning, our friend Susie McCall. Susie is the head of the Lamb Institute, one of our mission partners in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Uh, been a friend of our church for a very long time, but I think this is the first time you've been with us on a Sunday morning. So, is that maybe true? So. Maybe predating my time, but I don't think so. She's like, I don't know, maybe. Can you um, say so? That's the way I roll, too. We roll similarly, which is good. Um, why don't you all have a seat? I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to hear from Susie this morning. Lord, thank you this morning as uh, we come to your word. Uh, as Susie speaks, uh, would you anoint her with your words? Would you give us ears to hear and eyes to see? Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome, Susie. Thank you. Can I remember if I've been here on a Sunday morning? But I know how I came to a women's gathering one time here. So thank you for having me this morning. And thank you for partnering with us. This church partners with us in prayer, with teams, uh, financially. You let us have Sue. So we're pretty happy about you guys, and hope that hope this is the this relationship will continue forward. This morning's gospel has one of my favorite characters, John the Baptist. I wouldn't want to live with him, but <laughs> but I had, I admire him, his sacrifice and his courage, his message. And that one section of the gospel this morning that talks about preparing the way of the Lord, making the road smooth and straight, lowering the mountains and raising the valleys, what that has come to mean to me over the years is just another way of saying that Jesus wants to see all of us equally. Every circumstance, every person, that he... He longs for us and our, to have a way of thinking and a way of loving that are in line with the way that he thinks and loves. And in Jesus' mind and heart, there is not a hierarchy of importance in the kingdom of God. Paul says there's no slave or free, no male or female. Is a message that runs through the New Testament, but which really runs against the grain of human nature. Because we love to categorize and classify, and there's something in us that wants to feel just a little bit better than somebody else, right? Or a lot better than somebody else. Well, at least I'm not like him or I'm not like her. And one way the Lord has been leading us in our ministry in Honduras has to do with the special needs children and young people at our children's home. We have 63 children now at our children's home. And probably right now, minors and over 18, we probably have about eight or 10 children who might not ever be able to lead independent lives. And we have known for a number of years that those children were going to grow up and that they weren't going to be able to leave us. We have a transition program for other children who age out of the children's home at 18 and who go on to vocational programs or university. But these children, of course, uh, won't be able to do a lot of that. So we've 
talked about it off and on, and we've been very slow about doing anything about it until this past year when three of the children reached 18, 19, and we knew we needed to decide what to do. What happened then was one of those moments in your spiritual life when you know that God is dealing with you and wanting to lead you to a higher place spiritually. Because generally, when you're talking about a special needs population, and we have always sought programs for them to help them grow and to let them know that we care about them, but there's always that tendency to marginalize, even in your thinking, to leave them out of things, uh, to not consider them for certain things. And this year, uh, when, when the Holy Spirit started changing my mind and heart about this, one of the things that happened was that I considered for the first time two of them for confirmation. And I'm really embarrassed to say that I had never uh, in other years thought about including our special needs children in our confirmation preparation and classes and retreat. But we started planning our retreat for this year and our confirmation retreat, we go up to the North Coast and go white water rafting. And it's a long trip and it's pretty physical. It was the first time I was going to be able to do it in a long time because I had a lot of trouble with my knee for years and I used a cane. But now it's all better and I was really excited about being able to go and participate again and not feel like I was being dragged along the old missionary with the bad leg that somebody's going to have to take care of me the whole time. And part of that thinking also helped me think about our special needs kids. Why couldn't they go? I got helped when I needed help. They would just need a little extra help. And how much it would mean to them to be participants in that. So we took our two, a brother and sister, Elias and Hudit, who have cerebral palsy, who are now 19 and 18, who are aging out, of our children's home. We took them with us on the confirmation retreat, and it was really beautiful. It really was beautiful, and it was really a way to show our other young people, too, that we value them. Now, we're in the process right now of building a, a group home, a special place for them on our property at the children's home. And the name that came to me for that ministry is... Mirada de Jesus, which in English translates as the gaze of Jesus. Because what the Lord was showing me was that when Jesus stops in the New Testament and really focuses on somebody, somebody catches his attention. He stops and he looks at them. He gazes at them. And in many cases he heals them or sets them on a, a new path and it seemed to me that's how Jesus wants us to see these young people as his treasures in our midst not not just yes we love them of course we've always loved them we, they grew up with us most of them came to us very small but I don't know that we've always thought of them as maybe Jesus's favorites <laughs> and that they should also be the ones that we lift up the most in our midst. 
because it's a comfort to all of us, I think. It's been a, I think it will be a comfort to all of our children that by lifting them up and giving them a special attention and a special value that our other children will know that they will always also be valued in that way. And so as the Lord was changing my mind about those things and helping me to, to love them differently as he does, I could see that it also blessed our staff. It blesses our staff to know that we're going to really make a, a safe and beautiful place for them and work harder in, in incorporating them into our community. And then something really neat happened the other day. Some of you were at party, the party the other night, Thursday night, kind of gluttons for punishment coming out again. But um, the next day, Friday, I got a text message from a, a longtime friend of mine in Honduras asking me a, if we could help with a baby. And I get messages like that a lot, uh, and not just for babies, but for people, just people in trouble who need help. And there are, right now in Honduras, there are a lot of people in trouble. But anyway, this baby is a year and a half, a little boy, and he has epilepsy. And his parents live way out in the country in a village, which makes it very, very difficult, probably impossible, for them to get into the city for his appointments, for them to buy his medications, time, money. Those are things that very poor people do not have. They probably have other children, and they're probably trying to scrape out a living somehow out there. And so, sadly, they're thinking about placing him uh, possibly at our children's home. But the thing that encouraged me about that was I felt like the Lord was saying to me and to us, I see now that you have a right way of thinking and a right way of loving, and so I'm going to bring you some more, <laughs> some more special children so that you can keep growing because you're not there yet. We're never there. It's always it's a long process to learn to love like Jesus does and to think the way that Jesus thinks. When John said that, Jesus is coming and we got to get ready. He was knowing that that was going to be a hard job because we are all so fixed in the ways that we think and in the ways that we see people and value people and love people. It's not easy for the Holy Spirit to straighten us out, to make those crooked roads straight in our hearts and minds. It's really been a prayer of mine for many years, Lord, please make straight the crooked places in my thinking and in my heart so that I can love and think and receive and reach out in the way that you do. But as many of you know, I have been a missionary now for over 30 years. That's a long process. <laughs> 65 this year, and God is still working on me. So I want to encourage all of us this morning to let the Holy Spirit work in us in that way and to be open to being shown how maybe in this place in my thinking, maybe in this place in my heart, I need some straightening. It may cost us something. Sometimes when people see us changing they don't encourage us to change because it implies to them that they need to change too. 
even if we don't say that to them, they feel confronted because we're not thinking the same way they do anymore. So we need to think of that as well as a small, a small offering we can make for Jesus. It's an invitation from him. He's always inviting us, inviting us into his heart in a deeper way because he knows that, that is what's gonna, that's what's going to bring us the most joy. That's what's going to help us keep going forward with hope. Sometimes in Honduras, the needs and the situation and the things that go on in our, the places that we work, because we work pretty exclusively among the poor, we work with abandoned children and abused children, it can be a little overwhelming at times. And you can wonder if you're really doing much good. Although I, I try to leave those negative thoughts to the side anymore. They're not helpful. But sometimes the sadness comes in. And sometimes that sadness really has more to do with how people who know better or should know better are responding. It's not so much the sadness over the poverty and the bad things that are happening because we know that those things are happening all around us, not just in Honduras, but everywhere. But what makes you even sadder is to see that a lot of people aren't even looking, much less asking Jesus to show us, how can I bring some light and hope into that situation? So maybe a few years ago, if somebody called me about an epileptic baby, I might not have been very excited about that. Because even in the city, it's very complicated to get the right kinds of services for those children. But Friday, I felt encouraged. I felt like the Lord was saying, okay, now that you're getting a place ready, I have some more precious souls for you to take care of. And I'm excited about that too, because I know that it won't be just a great thing for them, but it's gonna be a great thing for us too. We're gonna to learn a lot from them about perseverance, about keeping steady on the course. It'll help us to grow in love towards everyone if we can learn really how to, to see those children and those young people as the ones who caught Jesus's attention. So thank you for having me here this morning. Again, thank you for coming alongside us in our work. Uh, we love doing what we do. No, I'm not retiring and I'm not moving home. A lot of people asked me that this morning. Not interested in either of those things. So you come down and see us when you can. Pray for us. Um, pray that we can always keep Jesus at the center. That his love will always be first in our hearts. And thanks be to God.